Okay, okay. We're talking about Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, directed by James Mangold, written by Jez Butterworth and his brother John Henry Butterworth. I just really like those names. They direct the Butterworth they, brothers. Mm-hmm. The, the Butterworth brothers. They they wrote Ford v Ferrari with James Mangold and Edge nice. of Tomorrow with Christopher Quarry. <laughs> um, and also written by J- by David Kep, who Coep Kep, uh, who wrote Indiana Jones: The Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, and James Mangold wrote this one also. Mm-hmm. What do we think about this, Ben? Oh, full spoilers! I, full spoilers! Oh, Sorry, full spoilers. Mm-hmm. I forgot to do the spiel. Full spoilers. You know, if you haven't seen this, do the thing, whatever, the whole spiel I do. Just whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, your choice. Spoilers. We're talking about the movie. Spoilers. Um, I had a blast. That's man. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, Chaos Gaming Theory's comment that just came up. Doom oh. gives me Trevor's vibes. That's so cute. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> not wrong. Uh, yeah, I had a blast with this movie. I felt like I was watching to me like and and obviously I was watching an Indiana Jones movie, but this was like this to me. This is what Indiana Jones is just going on an adventure, having a blast. And I was I was there for it. I had so much fun and I loved it. I truly had a great time with this movie. Hell yeah. Ryan, I liked it. I think it's I think it is a good time at the movies. I am probably the the, the 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 non-biggest Indiana Jones fan here. I think they're good movies. I look I think they're great movies, but like I don't have a reference for them. So like I didn't have as much going into this one. So like uh, I think it's good. I think there's a lot of good stuff. I think this is a better send-off movie than Kidding with the Crystal Skull. But like I got a lot of problems with it. Like I don't like I think I think it's good. I think it's good. Sparks. I really, really like it. Um, I had a very good time watching it. Uh, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. Have a couple of really strong highlightable problems, but um, still think I had a really great time. Nice. Xander? Uh, it's a mixed bag for me. It it the, the bar for it to be a good Indiana Jones movie for me was better than The Crystal Skull. Mm-hmm which was not difficult to pass, and I'm really happy they did. Um, that said, it's a very low bar. So, you know, on one hand, I'm like, cool, this feels like the movie they wanted to make yeah. when they made Crystal Skull. It feels like the movie that they were like, oh, it's this resurgence, he's back, it's, you know, this whole thing. And in that aspect, I think it really succeeded. And... And the other aspects of like it feeling like an Indiana Jones movie, um, you know, and some of the characters, I'm, I'm sure some of the issues we're probably all going to share and on some level. Um, it's hard to look over them because, you know, I really like Indiana Jones. So it's one of those things where it's like I'm having trouble getting over certain hangups. I want you to give your reactions first, Brandon, but then I do want to respond to something he was saying there. If you want us to respond, you can. No, no, because it's really starting the conversation. So I want you to just give your reactions. Well, look, my love of Indiana Jones is known. Um, uh, I've been doing so many Indiana Jones stuff on this podcast because I love him so much. It's fine. I it's it's an okay movie. Um, Xander mentioned a lot about how it 
for him surpasses Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. And for me, it doesn't for one of my very specific hangups of this film. Um, I like Crystal Ooh. Skull more. And as of now, this is my least favorite Indiana Jones film. Oh, wow. Wow. Dang. Wow. That is that is a spicy take. So where I want to start with in relation to this is what Xander was saying is that this is the film they wanted to make with Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. And that's absolutely not true. Um, and the reason I wanted to tackle that is because where I think this movie is successful with Indy's story in a way that Crystal Skull fails is Crystal Skull wanted to say, this is Indiana Jones getting ready to pass that baton. That was the goal. The goal was they wanted it to do so well that you would be endeared enough to Shia LaBeouf's mutt that you wanted to watch him carry on the fedora and the adventures. It wanted to be the end of Indiana Jones adventures in a sense of they will go on in a different way. Mm -hmm. And the intention with this one is to have a man who believes all adventures are behind him and that his life has kind of fizzled into something he can no longer engage with, mm-hmm. be re-engaged by adventure in a way where he's like, I recognize what there is for me to still live for here. Yeah. And I recognize how a life lived mm-hmm. uh, is valuable. Mm-hmm. And that is a different that is a different focus of what this story is about for Indy than what Crystal Skull was doing. Right. Which is the only thing I wanted to uh-huh. get out right out of the gate is that I really right. like that intention. Like you can make your comparisons. Like this is what they did with Luke to an extent in mm-hmm. in Star Wars, and there's some comparable comparisons there. Or what they were doing with Willow and Willow, and like sure, Lucasfilm kind of has had that going. But I think it works in this sense of uh, Indiana Jones. Like if you really. Uh, like his arc, especially is something in the last crusade of being this kind of uh, parallelism. He doesn't know how to bring himself out of because he feels like he failed the moment that his father ultimately got past in last crusade. Right. Because his dad comes out of the last crusade seeing what I found was um, enlightenment, right? Mm -hmm. Illumination. Illumination. Thank you. Illumination. And the illumination is connecting with my son. Mm -hmm. And uh, Indy feels he's failed that. Yeah. Because he did not make that connection before Mutt was gone. Yeah. And I think that like the way that that circle circulates on his brain, uh, you know, look at it in another way. There's the moment in the last crusade where Henry thinks that he lost Indy when he went over the cliff with the tank. Yeah. Right. And he's living that life now. Right. And th- having that paralleled through another child who he was supposed to be responsible for and also failed because like what I like about that ending note with Marion, where she says, are you back? Is it's not like, are you back to being Indiana Jones? Are you back to being the adventurer? It's like, are you back to engaging? Are you back to being in a life? Yeah. Right. And I think the film does a very good job of illustrating that that's where he's at. And that's the point of this story is to bring him just back to living. Mm-hmm. Here's, this is, I, this, that is a, man, that is a really good. So that's a really broad look at the film. No, that's I know. not me saying it, it nails that in every aspect. No, no, no. But like, I, 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 I like that and I respect it. Um, there is a little bit of Last Jedi with this version of Indiana Jones where, you know, he is he is retired and like you know, things happen with his family and stuff. And I'm like, I guess just personally, and this isn't this isn't a reflection on, on like the, the score of, of the movie or the review of the movie. But it's, did I want my last Indiana Jones movie to be where his son is dead and he's estranged from his wife? And then there's there they get, you know, 
and it's kind of a sad movie for Indiana Jones. And then, like, they get reconciled at the very end. Whereas, like, again, Kingdom with Chris Skull, however you feel, he ends happily, very happy with his wife and child in front of him next to him. And I'm like, that's not, again, not criticizing the story, but I'm like, this, I, is this the last thing I wanted my Indiana Jones to go through? To be sad and like, have one last adventure where his kid's dead and, like, he thinks his wife hates him. And it's just like, it's an interesting choice they wanted to make for this movie. Mm. Um, it is not, again, like, it is not just a repeat of Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. But also, like, I kind of just, I think I, I think maybe this isn't the movie I wanted. And again, I'm not super like maybe I don't know. I'm, I'm just I'm just working through this one because again, I'm not I'm not totally in love with it. Uh, I'm just not totally in love with the conceit because I'm like, did we need sad Indiana Jones? And like I get you know, it, it allowed Harrison Ford to be really good. He is like really great in this movie, but like. I kind of want it to just be a lighter, fun adventure, which I'm glad. That's why we have Feeler Waller Bridge for and stuff. But that's that's just how I'm feeling about it. Well, you bring up a really good point about Kingdom with Crystal Skulls ending, which is that it it does end with Indiana Jones happy, married, happily married, uh, connected with a son. Uh, like it ends, it's a happy ending. Quite frankly, like looking back on it, oh that that is an ending for Indy. Yeah. You know, he, he picks up the hat and he's ready to go, and that's he's Indiana Jones. And I think that's kind of where I'm kind of with Ryan in the sense that like Ben mentioned that he was, that it was a really exciting movie or something like that. You mentioned it made you happy, Ben. Yeah. It, Cause when I was talking, when I mentioned this to Sparks very briefly, I, I know I'm watching down watching Indiana Jones movie, but this felt more like an Indiana Jones movie to me than Keenan the Crystal Skull did. And I don't, hey. That's where I want to finish my I want to finish my thought before you kind of get, get any further in there is I disagree because this made me very sad. I find this film to be my biggest issue with this film is it's very depressing. Um, there's that line where Sala is like, I miss adventure. I miss the desert. I miss Sala, who is Egypt's premier digger, was brought to America during the war, which makes sense. I'm OK. It is now living in New York City, driving a taxi cab. That's very depressing. With in a two-bedroom house with his entire family, I I find that very stereotypical, very depressing. Um, I find that everyone, almost everyone that Indiana interacts with in this film, uh, first for the franchise, gets killed. Um, and I find that yeah. I find that depressing. It was just yeah. up until the end of the movie where he does reconcile with Marion, which I will say, because I said I've been pretty negative here. I really like the ending where he does reconcile with Marion. I like that yeah. scene a lot. Um, outside of that, I just, I didn't find this one very fun, very, it didn't make me happy. It made me very sad. Yeah, I, I definitely, I, I agree with that to an extent, but I, I did find some joy throughout it. Mostly again with uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, uh, 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 Helena Shaw, uh, who I really, really like. I think she's. I think she's just really fun. I just like that. I just like her in general as 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 a performer. She's got great energy. I love her and Teddy. Um, uh, if if there were less of them, I would probably like to be less. But like, so yep. it is so focused on her and Indy. I think they work well together, and they are the core of the movie. So so for me, that is able to carry out through the stuff I dislike. Uh, if I can, um, to what Brandon was saying, uh, I think Saul is a good example of 
I don't think I don't find him being in New York City the way he is as a cab driver stereotypical. I find that <laughs> representational. That's that's what happens at that point in time with being in New York of uh, coming in, immigrating, and like that's the job you get, and that's the situation you're living in. When it comes to that situation, I thought that was that made a lot of sense for putting Sala in the states. Well, I, um, I'm not and, disagreeing with you, but don't you think he'd have like a lot of money at this point doing what he does? I thought he Sala would be like well off. Uh, my, I mean, my like, partner he, did say my partner real quickly to interject on that but sparks real quickly. My partner did say that's very it is very realistic to have someone who is very rich and, and popular in the Middle East and Egypt and uh, coming to America and being very poor. Cool. Right. OK, there you go. That's yeah. good to I, I, I bet. Thank you, because yeah. that was that that was essentially what's it. But what but what I I hear you and I guess like. My read on the end of the film is that it is a happy ending in the sense of like, because it is it is indie coming back to this this what this idea, like why he almost stays in the past is what do I have to go back for? Yeah. And you're visually shown what he has to go back for. Like he's given what he has to go back for. It's not just Marion. It's it's Wombat. Sala and Wombat and and Teddy. And like there there is a family, there are people. And he had chosen to cut himself off in connection um, because he tells this story uh, when he's giving that really well done and emotional speech about like what I would do if I could go back in time, I would stop my son from enlisting thing. And he says um, that that I would uh, fail to con- to support Marion and she would be consumed in her grief. But it's kind of a lie. At least it seems to be in the text of the film, because he seems to be the one who got consumed in his grief. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I failed her. But like she doesn't seem to be the one who who like he was unable to help. He was unable to pull himself out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, and I, that is sad. That is sad. And I'll admit like, you know, um, there's an amount of uh, like what you're saying, Ryan, like, is this really how we want to leave Indiana Jones, uh, an icon that we all beloved and that kind of thing. And I'm like, I, I'm responding to something in this that feels very real. Yeah. Um, I think. And that feels very like, this is how life goes. I find it actually like, I, I understand the behind the scenes workings of like, and everything, why Shia LaBeouf is not a part of this movie and all yes. that kind of stuff. But I think it's actually very smart, regardless of if they could have gotten him or wanted to get him or whatever, to have had his son die in the war. Sure. It's a very, like, that is something you don't normally have a lead iconic character dealing with of this sense of of just, like, this just happens and this just, this just was taken from me. Yeah. Um, and that is just how life plays out sometimes. And that happened to Indy. And I don't think that's a bad choice. I think that the way that that affects him, that that is a driving part of, of what, who he is in this movie and how he reconnects to his goddaughter is bringing him back around to what else there is beyond that is a good choice um, and feels very natural and something yeah. that like, if I'm being a hundred percent honest, I see a lot of my, my late father in it because sure. this was, you know, my dad having an awful, awful relationship with his dad and then fumbling the ball with me for a lot of years and then having to find a way to find his way back. And like, I get kind of like not ending up where you thought you'd be and not having the relationships you'd want to. Yeah. And Indy kind of going through that, I find, uh, charming in a way where like i guess i didn't want um just another uh you know at this point 
Indiana Jones adventure that I don't think this is a, 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 a treating it in the same way of like he's old now, but it's not in the same way that Crystal Skull was doing it, where it's kind of like just about like physical. Oh jokes. my god! This yeah. is this is about he's he's lived such a life and yeah. and the life has had triumphs, but it's had sorrows, and that weighs on him. Yeah. and that there's mm-hmm. a real response in the character to how that goes. And I'm saying all this just to get across that this is a feeling I have, but I don't I don't think a lot of the reads and feelings on this are invalid at all. Yeah, I, yeah. I get that like the movie spoke to me in this way and, and it executes on something that I think works in that broad sense while having a lot of potholes along the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But I get how not wanting this for indie. I yeah. do understand that. So th- mm. I, lo- I love, thank you for sharing that. I think that's awesome. Uh, um, the thing, I think I'm just rubbing up like the same thing with Brandon is like, I, I, I love that Indiana Jones wants to be like, wants to be real and stuff, but we've had f- 40 years of Indiana Jones movies being mm-hmm. Indiana Jones movies. Right. Like I can respect this movie wanted to take itself a little more seriously with its, with its themes and, and stuff. But like, again, this is, you know, this is all personal. Like, you know, I, I don't think this is a, 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 I've said it right, but like a negative on the movie. It's just my personal, just like what, what I think. Like, I think this movie is a little too dour for, for being the finale in a, pretty light-hearted franchise and again this is like you know the end of the franchise the character is 80 years old but like i just i just i wish there was more smiles than killing off like every side character that we possibly can because they do in this movie they kill off whether they're alive or dead or on screen or off screen there's a lot of death yeah. and it's like that's not like indiana jones kills people sure but it's like in fun it's never we're not just like killing people in the like like aggressively like just like that Nazi killing people uh, uh, and, like it's just like it's very very dark and it's like dark not in the Temple of Doom dark where it's like fun dark it's just Nazis are murdering let people left and right dark and I'm like it's just not the vibe I'm looking for with this kind of franchise and that's just again like I know people love this movie and I'm not, I don't think it's the worst thing ever it's just like the vibe check for me was a little off right. the whole time. If I could bounce off, please oh, go ahead. Thank you. Um, first of all, I want to reword the very first thing I said, and it's less that I think this is what they wanted to do with four. I think it's to me, four felt this felt like more of a proper send off and finishing to the story than four did. Mm -hmm. Because to me, four that's what it was, right? It was shaping the story saying if yeah it was also you know like yeah, yeah. setting up everything right. else um but as far as like just the ending of the character of indiana to me this one felt better mm-hmm. than the crystal skull mm. if that clears up no, yeah, yeah. my sentiment okay and now bouncing off to what actually you were saying um there's a lot of really fun moments in this mm-hmm. There's a lot, the, the almost the entire beginning of the movie, which had some pretty good facial, like, de-aging that, like, I think we're used to seeing more and more. So I think maybe that has a little bit to play into it, that are more used to it. But also, it looked good. I think you'd be hard-pressed to find an actor with a larger catalog of film references to be able to yeah. capture it well either. So, yeah. like, y- if you could pull it off with anybody, it's going to be Harrison yes. Ford. And it, it, looked, it looked good. I think it looks really good most of the time. Yeah. And then sometimes it looks okay, and then sometimes it looks really bad. But importantly, it was never distracting. Right, yes. Yes, it never felt distracting. Um, So the thing with this movie, which is like part of the the issue I have with it, um, which I'm realizing is 
very aptly, as you pointed out, how sad it is, is that you have really fun moments marked by just like tragedy mm-hmm. that the movie just expects you to get over. You have, yeah, they're getting together, they're getting the dial. Uh, you have this really fun intro, and then Indy's sitting over a secretary that's dead, shot, basically like freaking out, going like, "This is." death I'm dealing with from like an innocent person mm-hmm. and then you get a fucking great chase scene mm-hmm. through a parade and it's so much fun everything with the horse in India I was like oh my god this is great mm-hmm. but I'm still hung up on him being destroyed by that woman <laughs> and then you have the super fun uh hey I have a whip everyone else has a gun play to the the sword fight gun thing yeah um, and it's like, oh, okay, that's cool. And then a, a super fun chase with a tuk-tuk, which is 100% in recent memory, one of my favorite chase scenes or car scenes mm-hmm. um, with so many great beats, so well done, super, super fun. And then you're dealing with the CIA character I really liked getting shot. Oh, dude. I can't, oh, my God. That bummed me out that so much. Bummed, not only bummed me out because I really liked her as a character, yeah. but by this Nazi guy that's like, ha, huh, we were Nazis. Yeah. And, and, and that's it. And then you're just like, oh, now I'm hurt by this character death. And then back to more fun and more, you know, jumping around and messing around. And then the death of the Bandiers, which was what pissed me off the most. And and part yeah. of that is that it affected me personally. So this also like moves into because I really love that character. Yeah. It really moves into my dislike <laughs> of uh um, Matt. I, I keep going back to you for names, and I'm, I'm sorry. Sure. Um, uh, the goddaughter. Oh, Helena. Helena. It goes back to some of the problems I have with Helena mm-hmm. in that, yeah, she gets excited afterwards. She's editing, and Indy's like, my friend just died. Oops, sorry. Oh, my bad. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, uh... There's some tonal whiplash. And again, there, like, yeah. with James Mangold is such a good good filmmaker. Uh, but he is, he is like, not, not like, like... He doesn't make lighthearted movies, right? He makes he makes like more mature movies, and he just brought like a maturity to Indiana Jones. I guess I just again I was to say like me personally, but like the, the, I just didn't feel like I needed like specifically. I think of that scene where where the CIA lady dies, mm-hmm. and those Nazis just kill random civilians just to like to like get the information. I'm like, it's very real and very traumatic in a way that none of these Indiana Jones movies have felt before. And like that's cool if you, this is the vibe you're going for, but like. You also have the regular, really lighthearted Indiana Jones, like, tuk-tuk stuff. And then you're just going to kill a major character, and you're supposed to have Indiana Jones deal with that, like, actually emotionally, consequentially. As opposed to the other movies where it's kind of, like, lighthearted. And I'm just like, it's, if, this movie's all over the place for me, tonally. Yeah. Um, and I, I just wish it would have, like, stuck with one. Like, if you just want to make this the Skyfall of Indiana Jones, do it. But you can't have the, the goofy shit the entire way through, too, like, for me. Very, very quick. Very quick. So many Nazis died at the start of that movie. Oh, yeah. And I was, like, totally fine with it because yeah. it handled death like every other movie. Explosions, they're goofy. They're one, you know they're Nazis. Yeah. Well, one, you know they're Nazis. Yeah. But, like, a lot of the deaths were kind of silly. Yeah. You that's, know? that's a regular Indiana Jones. Just like, oh, yeah. Nazis blow up, whatever. And it yeah. felt like after that, you're like, okay, cool. We're granted a little bit more realism, who we care about. But it was like, 
yeah, it's just it was a lot of total whiplash. Ben, um, I, wow! I hope that this doesn't make me a horrible person because I because I was not feeling the whiplash but when it, when it when it gets to a really sad moment and it goes to the chase scenes because I like Xander said I love the chase scene in New York, the chase mm-hmm. scene in um what was it Algiers? No, it's not Algiers. Um, Morocco, Tangiers. Morocco. Tangiers. I know there was a Jeers in there somewhere. The chase scene Tangiers I thought was great. Only reason why I know is because this morning I couldn't get over at Harrison going, I know Tangiers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that made me laugh. Um, it's I, I do guy I do hear what you guys are saying. You're right, this is sad, but for some reason when I was watching this, it felt like the, it made sense. Mm-hmm. Like like obviously when the movie first starts, I we knew that Marion was going to be in the picture, wasn't going to be there for the whole movie. And part of me was like, uh, is like, like, Oh great. Did they break up again? As much as off doing something. But then when you find out that the reason why him and Marion are having these problems is because Mutt signed up for the Vietnam war. I'm like, Oh shit, that makes sense to me. It makes sense. Yeah. It makes tunnel sense. It makes complete sense of why Indiana would go down a little bit of a spiral. Why we see him drinking a lot more. And then when Helena brings him back in, he's slowly but surely getting back. And I do agree with the um, with Xander on the scene with Antonio Banderas because I really like Antonio Banderas. But the one thing I don't agree with is a CIA agent because personally, I think the CIA agent didn't need to be there at all. That's well, I, the problem. I'm kind of, with, I'm kind of with him on that. That's the problem no, no, with it. I, I agree with that. Like, I don't think the CIA agent needed to be there, but it really does suck that we killed the black character in, oh, yeah. in a way where it's like, oh, that's no. the problem. Lame. But I'll tell you what's even worse, um, that she talked about the fact that it was worse and more offensive when she died than this. And she took it to Mangle, and Mangle was like, no, I hear you. We should change that. Um, and so there was a worse, oh, wow. more offensive version to her of this. Death. I didn't know that. Thank you for telling me that. And and, and like the fact that she had to bring up that script rewrite, it's honestly really upsetting to me that um, she had to act her way through that scene where um, the cab pulls up behind the truck at the parade and she knows the Nazis are going back there to kill two black men mm-hmm. and she has to just look the other way. And I'm like, this just doesn't work. She's a morally bankrupt CIA agent from the beginning just yes. because of all these people getting killed. And I'm like, I can't care for this character because of that. And so it just sucks to have her here. So she shouldn't be in the script. But and I don't understand kill. why why the CIA like the she she knows that he wants the dial, but she's not a Nazi. She makes that clear. So she's like, so why 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 is they why are they she letting said, him go after the the dial? She said she said the whole reason is because they were just keeping you happy because you know the U.S. government they don't believe these things are really dangerous, although they have a whole warehouse dedicated <laughs> to them. Yeah, but they don't believe that it. these things are dangerous. You, the CIA agent character didn't work yeah. because she's watching too many people die and just letting it happen. Yeah. And especially when it got to like the murder of two black men behind her, I was like, there's no right. world where a black CIA agent woman in would just 1969 be okay with in 19, it, it just wouldn't happen. Yeah. It just, that makes mm-hmm. no sense. There's no way that she would be like, you can't kill white civilians and then be like, I'm going to look the other way while these two black men get killed. Sorry, that wouldn't happen. It really sucks that they did that. Yeah. The, a lot of the side characters, I'm just like, why did you, why did you do these things? It's interesting. Yeah. I 100% agree. Like, that's... Yeah. She's a completely I mean, really the horrendously whole, mishandled character. Like the whole, not even, even the guy on the crutches, like the CIA guy who was on the crutches, he, when you first meet him, it's like, okay, who this Indiana guy's like, definitely killed, right? 
probably but you see him the first time and he's totally like you could tell he's like this is a man of importance this is a guy who's upper ranking he that's why he yells at the two nazi guys he's like hey you guys aren't agents you can't take care of this we this is our turf and that doesn't show up again we don't even i don't even think we get a right. name to be perfectly no that's honest. why that's why that's why i said because the last time we see him indiana had just done his bookshelf tumble and he, we see him go ah, and then the bookshelves yeah. fall on him i'm like those are metal bookshelves that man's dead but this like is also one of those of things where, like, this is one of those things where, like, regardless of them being CIA, I kind of don't care because they're, you know, like, this is very much if we're coming out with 2023 sensibilities, right? You look at them and they're like, you know, not not uh, getting involved is still like condoning the violence that they're perpetrating. Yes. And like, you know what they're doing and you're allowing it to happen. So you are also, unfortunately, bad people. Probably. So, like, I, I couldn't get on board with her anyway. And I couldn't mm. get on board with him anyway. So yeah. it just kind of sucked to have them there. You could just cut the CIA part. And like, they're still that's uh, Mads Mikkelsen's character, still the guy who built the rockets. That can all still be an exact thing. Like, you don't need that CIA stuff. Yeah. Mm hmm. Hmm. Uh, I will go to uh, agreeing with Xander that I think like a lot of the chase stuff is really fun. Yeah. Um, I really like a lot of the energy. Basically, I love Phoebe Waller-Bridge. I'll get that out right out of the way. I love her. I love Helena. I love Indy's relationship with Helena. I love that she and Teddy are basically Indy and short round from Temple of Doom. Yes. That's like the timeline mm. that we're picking up with her. At, she's she's kind of naughty. Right, that's that that point in her adventures, and that he is recognizing in her because at that point in time he was much more about profit than anything else. Yes, and he's recognizing in her that's who she is, but she cares about the kid just like he cared about a kid, and that's the thing that he knows means she's a good person inside. I love all that, and how that's uh, kind of drawn out of her. But again, like it also just goes back to I think her and Ford play off each other very well. Um, mm -hmm. I think they're, they they just got a good energy and rapport with each other, um, and. I guess it doesn't bother me for Indy to be a bit dour because Phoebe Waller-Bridge is there to be uh, more snappy and yeah. more adventurous. And I really like that. And I like her, especially I really like all the gag stuff with her, like uh, the man she, she was supposed to marry. And like, it's a good, right. Right. It's a good like reversal yeah. of how mm -hmm. she uses her sexuality versus yeah. Indy's um, as this, as this young uh, upstart yeah. that she is. And I really I like her. I do like her line. Uh, you stole you stole my ring. It didn't go for as much as I thought it would. Yes. Uh, yeah. 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 I think she's yeah. crushing it. Honestly, I, yeah. like all of her stuff, I think is crushing it. Yeah. I want to I want to bounce off of that specifically. I have a lot to say, actually. Um, but I agree. Actually, I really like Phoebe Waller-Bridge. I don't know if I really like how Helena is handled. I think I kind of had to sit on it a bit longer. I liked it more the second time I watched it because I watched it this morning. Um, I liked I liked her character more this 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 time this second time around, but. And I do like the connection, as Sparks said, of the fact that she's very much Indiana from Temple of Doom with Short Round. And I, I think that's effectively there, especially in her background of like, here, we tried to steal this from me. Um, very similar to what happened with Short Round and Indy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I like her and I think she brings a lot of good energy to the movie. Um, and Harrison Ford and Phoebe Waller-Bridge clearly are doing well are, are, they like each other they're clearly playing off of each other very well yeah i i 
as I stated on here, I love Temple of Doom just because it's a little, uh, and he's a little nastier. He's a little, he's a little more, he has a little more profit driven, but still has a heart of gold kind of thing. So like, I really like Helena. Like my favorite sequence in the movie is the Morocco stuff where she is trying to auction shit off. Uh, uh, and she's like having a conversation with in the ad. She's having an auction with all these criminals. Um, that's all really fun. I really, I do like, I get what Sparks said, like her energy and vibe. I'm just down for Like I really, I just like her presence in the movie. Um, and uh, I like, like the way she pulls one over on Mads on the boat. Um, mm, you know, like, well, she's it. giving him all the information, but she's like, yeah, but I left out the key part, and like, it doesn't matter because they follow them anyway. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, yeah. it's 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 crafty. It's I like the way she puts stuff behind her back. I'm like, this feels very good. This is yes. like this. This is oh, the dynamite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That scene was very good. Yeah, I really, uh, I, feel, I really, I really like that scene. Yeah, but I will say when when Helena is doing like the whole bit of like translating the um the graphicos, and she's like the whole time thing she's probably feeding the wrong information and it kind of it felt like an old indiana jones move like something indy would pull on right. like say the nazis in um raiders of the lost oh, Ark. it's very it's very thematically similar to the fight that he and marion have to get the to get the, the 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 russian soldier off guard so that indy can can beat him up and free themselves like it's very mm-hmm. similar in kind of idea uh she's disarming them and honestly that's to get into one of my other things is that's where Mads is best. I think is in that scene because he's kind of this like giddy little schoolboy, being like, Oh, it's in Alexandria. Oh, it's like, he's like excited. Like she's got him and he's like excited to be okay. the student. And that's the frankly only time I liked Mads in this movie. Okay. I will. I, I want to respond to that because I really like Mads a lot through most of this movie um, because he's got such a, like when he's, when he's moving and he's like taking the dial with him, he's got such a like, he's a little science. energy to him, but like he's I, a nerdy scientist. I think yeah. he's performing it very well, but I really, I don't know if an indie villain has had a colder line than looking at a, a black bellhop. Oh yeah. And saying to him, uh, do you feel like you won? The war. The war. Do you feel like people appreciate you for winning the war? Um, as a, as a Nazi, I was like saying that to a black man. <laughs> it's like holy. Well, because shit. Because like he he was a he's a veteran who served in the war, and now he's like a bar hopper, or right. bartender. So yes. like, oh, are you really? Did you really win? Well, and he knows. Like, oh, God. and he knows that yeah. how racism is in in, yeah. in the states, mm-hmm. and so he's like, uh, d- do you feel like you won? Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, I strongly. I really I really like Matt's performance. I don't always like how he's written but I do like his performance. Yeah. Uh, I think he's performing very well just to kind of, just to kind of clarify. I think he's, he's very, he's very good. Mads Mikkelsen is very good and he is very good in this. And he performs this kind of tweety scientist Nazi, very fun, very funny and very fun. But I don't think he's given enough in the script, which is weird because we spend more time with him than we have every Indiana Jones villain outside of Elsa. Mm. And uh, I, will, I don't I will think that, I don't really think that he's given a lot here. I want to highlight what I think accentuates how good Mads is, which is when the the in the end of the movie and the the they're on the plane and everything has gone wrong and like there's no line given to Mads about this, but you see him just like grabbing his the side of his head and pushing his hair up as like he he has lost his ability to deal with the situation. Anymore. I can't be here. And and while I think it's absolutely nuts and I don't understand it, why Boyd Holbrook's character is just like I'm gonna fire out the window of this plane and not care that it's going. <laughs> yeah, down what is he doing? And not grab a parachute or anything. I 100% believe why Mads' character is doing that because yeah. his whole 
whole his whole thing has just crumbled apart in front his of his entire him. life. And he he's playing that so well visually that he is just like completely lost. Yeah. So so you mm-hmm. pretty much hit kind of what I was gonna say. Uh is that I like his character the most in both that hotel scene. Yeah. And at the very end. Yeah. Where he I, lost it. I feel like he loses me throughout the film. Yeah. It's not that he's bad or no. like a bad character. It's just, I feel like there's not as much there to hold on to. Yes. Whereas the other two have such poignant scenes with like, you know, his, his actual ideals and then like him going full blow Nazi. Yeah. And it, it gives him something to work with. He, he definitely starts really strong and ends really strong, but the middle, he's kind of just like, generic villain yeah and like he loses some of the the tweety nerdy personality uh it shows up but it is kind of just like oh now i'm just for an hour of this movie i'm just nazi man i'm like yeah you you lose like i wish he was kind of like the nerdy scientist guy throughout more of the movie like mm. he like he is not a fighter he's a scientist that'd be fun to, to, see. to be honest with you i feel like he he's just not given enough dialogue opportunities yeah. for it and part of that is because like he shares i think too much space with boyd holbrook who is you know, a talent in his own. Chewing and it like, up. it's nice to have both, but the fact that they have to be together so much of the time. Right. It's doesn't give a, other yeah. than when it's, when Indy's not there or Helena's not there, right. When it's just the two of them, I'm like, that's fine because then they're playing off each other. But, um, you know, opportunities for dialogue against Indy and Helena is taken away from him that's because true. you have these other talents in the room. And I think that that hurts his ability to get lines. Yeah. That being said, what I wanted to cover is that I really love his motivation, which is I could do it better. Yeah. I need to kill yes. Hitler and do it better. And I, I think that's yeah. so, it's such a good, like, uh, you know, the general, like I would go back in time and kill Hitler, like response. And he's yeah. like, yes, I want to go back in time and kill Hitler to do a better job. Yeah. <laughs> and that was, I wasn't expecting it. I really, I was like, Oh, it's the classic go back in time win the war. I was worried. I was really weird. We were just going to go back to like 1945 and it's just going to be reliving yeah. the hits like like Avengers Endgame style. And I'm like, yeah, that's what I was really scared about. And luckily it wasn't that. It was yeah. so good. It was so good to see kind of that twist where it's like, no, I'm going to be in charge. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, this is so well done. And again, it gives him more character to work with. Mm-hmm. You know, I just. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's weird. He's a weird character for me to say that I really liked because it's uneven it's uneven yeah because i have these moments that i'm like this is great and then a lot of kind of like eh. which again is kind of how i feel about helena I, yeah there's there's like some moments that she has the one with the dynamite um you know some of her interactions with indy all constantly constantly thirsting constantly thirsting <laughs> all of her interactions um with uh teddy teddy, teddy. All of them. I love Teddy, man. They, they, I'm like, wow, this is so good. The little like pull, you know, it's like, hey, are you calling the shots anymore? It's like, no, of course I'm in charge. Come over here. Oh, yeah, one sec. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, there's a lot of humor there. It's very funny. I'm like, yes, this is great. And there's other stuff about her character that I'm a little like, I don't know. I feel like the idea of her being more like Indy and, and the stuff that you kind of covered to me is having to have something else do some lifting that isn't in the film itself. I have seen, and I don't know if I totally agree with this because there is a lot of that because Harrison Ford is, is really is as old as he is. He can't be the main focus of the action anymore. And that Mm. is true. 
but but to say that he does no action in this movie, I think is is a disservice to the movie. I think that's true. I think yes. I think he yeah. is driving enough. I think he does get in enough fights. Now he is not as doing as much action as he was in the other movies. That's for sure. Yeah. But like he's eighty. He's, he's also 80. eighty, <laughs> and like he does like he does still get into fights, and he's not like forty kicking ass. Yeah. He's eighty. He's also like and he he gets like two he, solid right hooks. Yeah, <laughs> three. He three. knocks Boyd on his ass three times. <laughs> yeah, and you think that boy would learn? He gets <laughs> no. Yeah, he's pissed about it. Like, there's a guy. There's a guy in the in the in the auction that lands in front of him, and Andy has no reason to do this because this dude just flew on his ass, got hit, got punched by some other dude, landed in front of him, and Andy has a moment where I know that's probably just like kind of messy choreography, but what it looks like is he Andy sees the guy, thinks about it, turns back to the guy, and just slugs him in the face, and then runs away, and it's just some dude that did nothing to Indiana Jones. Which also, like, honestly, in that kind of chaotic scene, that feels very Jones. Who do I fight? Just like, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, so uh, I, I, I think that that the advantage you have, I think that the advantage you have, what was smart about the attempt to do this story with Indy kind of being in this place where he has to be brought out of it, is that it allows Helena to not feel like she's just copying the energy of indiana jones mm-hmm. cool. nor do i feel like they are trying to make her exactly like young indy but they yeah, are no. trying to capture some of the spiritualness of it yeah mm-hmm. and it doesn't feel like you have just someone being in his shadow which is sometimes what it felt like mutt was doing in yeah. crystal mm-hmm. skull mm-hmm. and like because indy's in a different place and being a fully realized character in a different place she's allowed to kind of occupy some of that energy and dynamic yeah. that Indy isn't. So here's here's my problem with that. It's weird to say I have a problem with it because you make sense. Okay. <laughs> sure. But I like Helena's character more after discussing and recontextualizing some stuff than I did when I first saw it. Mm-hmm. But there's still a reason I didn't like a character a lot when I saw her mm-hmm. in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like both of these points have validity. Like, I'm I'm way more Team Helena now right. than I was... Pre-conversation. Pre-conversation. Yeah, yeah. You know, because I'm like, yeah, no, a lot of the points you're saying make sense. But my experience with it, I didn't gather any of that. Yeah, yeah. You know, and on some point, that might have to be with either, you know, like how my, my recency of watching the other Indiana Jones movies, it's been a couple years for me. Sure. Um, or, you know, really delving into the character, but like there's certain stuff like, um, I was talking to you about it before, um, her going to auction off the dial mm-hmm. or I'm like, why'd I, it have to be the dial? I agree with Xander that I don't really get what this beat is. Um, only because she knows to me, it's confusing because she knows she's being pursued by the Nazis. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why, is the instinct to take the thing your father is obsessed with and that you memorized his journals about and sell it when you know the Nazis are after it. I, I That's a little strange. I, I just don't know yeah. what the beat was. I to be. thought it was a thing of, because she has the information, she doesn't think she needs it all, so she'll get rid of it to stop the tracking so, so they'll tra- someone else will get tracked. Maybe. Yeah, but it's She's only getting, yeah, but it's only half the dial, so she would ultimately need that half back again, yeah. right? And if any of this was the case, I'd rather it be at least shown. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. You know, and yeah. and stuff like that. You know, like again, a, a, the other scene that bothered me with her, you know, joking a bit, and then Indy being like, "My friend just died." Mm-hmm. It's like I would have rather her address that. Yeah. You know, 
brings something to it. And, and I guess she's not as, you know, maybe emotionally present for him because they, they're still rocky at that point with each other. Yeah. You know, but it... Maybe maybe I'm being too generous sure. on the read of that. And um, I, and I'll admit that. But, like, I, I think part of the point is that she didn't know the guy. Right. And to her, it doesn't hold that. Like, she's just excited that she pulled this off yeah. right. and that they got away. And Indy grounds her. It's not like she ignores what he says after that. Mm. She, you know, she... They're just on different ways. She brings herself right. back down. But, like, you know, it's, it's important to have Indy say that line. I don't think that's done thoughtlessly. Like, Indy says that line after she's so excited about something because it's supposed to kind of reconnect her and recalibrate her mm. to like what's emotionally at stake that these things are real mm-hmm. like lives are lost in the balance of this Indy's used to that she isn't yeah right so just to kind of like wrap up my arc of hating Helena <laughs> um the last thing that really gets me is that once they are in starts with the TH Tangiers Tangiers or just a T. <laughs> um, Silent H. Right. It's in there somewhere. Um, you know, they're, she has the moment with Teddy. They have their, oh, who's really in charge thing. And I feel like the moment that she gets with Indy in the tomb where they find everything didn't really have enough for me to make that bridge of her having her issues with him and then her caring so deeply for him and wanting him to come back and not stay in the past. And it's like, they're both, they both make sense. Both those spaces make sense. I understand the feelings behind them. I understand the, you know, the context. I just, I really wanted something that felt like there's this connection. There's this spot that I didn't really get sure. between those spaces. May I real quick? And then I want to shut up because I want Brandon and Brandon to talk more about the movie. But um, I, I, uh, thank you. I just, thank vindication. Tangier is a very nerd thing. Um, uh, in, in relation to just the beat we were talking about, right. Mm-hmm. Um, she doesn't recognize the significance of the fact that Antonio Banderas just died. Um, and she has been, she has been bonding with Indy on the boat. I think the moment where there is a big turn, it's very clear on Helena's faces when he tells the story. That's very emotional. Made me cry in the theater about he would go back and stop his son from enlisting in the war. Um, when she starts to connect to that, the thing that makes her deeply connect and care about Indy is Indy gets shot and she knows that that shot could kill him and they're going to take him and he's saying get out of here because he's making the choice that she's more important yes right and so if you want to call it like it's subtext in the film rather than they're making it completely overt for the first time someone she has now connected to whether she was intending to or not right is now in danger right and she knows what that means her awakening so i saw the scene where he tells her about his son yeah to me as indy opening up right and have the because they both have walls against each other Mm -hmm. and that's his his is crumbling and i hadn't really seen hers and that moment where that happens right and no i think you're right i think that gunshot is that moment 
And I think that when I saw it, I just didn't read it as that. Mm -hmm. Because it's like that's when it becomes real to Helena in a direct way that she connects with because she is a walled off person. Right. I think she also views him like, again, like she's not him since she was a child, that he's like this legendary guy, like this legendary Indiana Jones. And he just got shot in front of her. And he can't get hurt. Like other Mm -hmm. people will get hurt, but no one else, he's not going to get hurt. The wildest part about all this is that I think after this, if I watch it again, I'm going to like it so much more. Yeah. See, um, you're not like I, I have heard other people say like they didn't really connect with Helena. So like I, you're, I don't think like not that you didn't, but like other people have had problems with her too. It's not like like people think she's perfect. So like you know you're you're subsidiality. And other people just hate women. So it's also true. Uh, I've never spoken to a woman. <laughs> ben, throw out anything you got about <laughs> Helena. Uh, honestly, I love Helena. I Hell thought yeah. she, I thought that she was a great. Um, she was. I don't want to say that she was a replacement for my, obviously not, but obviously she was like the character where Indy is like, Oh, I where Indy realizes that he screwed up. Cause the whole time when we like, when we first meet her, she's like this prim proper, like just graduated from Oxford. She's an archeologist. She's just like, well, I love how the trailers kind of give you the misdirect of you think that she's on, she's on her father's, um, she's just completing her father's work nope she's this criminal she likes stealing things she's going for profit she's just like you said i love how there's a big misdirect for that and for her it's just like all these artifacts all this stuff for her is just big dollar signs in her mm-hmm. eyes and actually one of the scenes i really want to talk about is the end scene where they're in syracuse in the past where they meet archimedes and can we wait we can wait. Can we wait to talk about that? Because I feel like that deserves like a big moment. Okay, sure. we could we could wait. Okay, but, then hold off on that. All right, put a pin in that. Um, we really are variants, but really, <laughs> but really for for Helena, it was just like this is where Indy failed. Kind of, I don't want to say where Indy failed as a dad, but where he failed as a father figure, and <laughs> Helena can be his redemption. Whereas, like the scene in the boat where he talks about his son, whereas, like, I wanted to tell him and I didn't have that time with him. Now he has this time with Helena and he could maybe not 100% fix it, but at least he can do something right. At least he could put her on a better path. Yep. Right. To your point, Ben, like, it's something I'll acknowledge. I, I do wish that the script of the film was doing a little bit more work on is that, you know, they mention it, it's there, but the direct parallelism between her and his son and, like, his connection to them um, is, I don't think, directly addressed on Indy's front in the way that I wish it was, um, because I really like the bit in the Tuck Tuck chase where she says, like, uh, he's like, how did you even become this way? And she's like, oh, yeah, if only there was someone whose job it was yeah. to look after me after my father was gone. What is a godfather, anyway? <laughs> like, I, I like that. It's very much calling him out on like this mm-hmm. thing and, and dredging it up um in in his way of kind of failing her too it uh, is funny that he has the same mark as han solo that's all i'm saying and i and i just don't i don't think that the script fully resolves on on that in a direct way that i kind of wish it did mm-hmm. for him yeah. um but i'm glad that it at least broaches the subject that it's there yeah. and yeah. and just on another note i also really like that you know, another person that we're given for Indy's failure in here. It's, it's one of the reasons I really like that we do the secondary flashback, which is to when he takes the dial from her father mm-hmm. is, uh, is that he treats him even worse in a way, but the same way that he was treating his dad pre last crusade, right? This is an obsession and I don't understand it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and like that line, I really do like the exchange where later he's like, your father was a genius. And she's like, yeah, yeah. I know. 
And like Indy didn't appreciate that. And like it's it's this kind of thing where like Indy's a great hero, but he's always been like a human and he's always been fallible and he's yeah. made mistakes and there are deep mm-hmm. emotional mistakes here that mm-hmm. he's dealing with. Yeah. Yeah. One more thing I want to say before we move on to something else, and this is just a me criticism. Um, I'm kind of, I'm just a little bit upset they didn't mention short round, like the scene yeah, where no, they're, yeah, on the, they're on the, yeah, they're on the bridge and they're like, yeah, Cobb tries. I was like, mention, say, just say his name, just say his name, just give me some form of closure. I, and that short round is doing okay and nothing. I'm like, damn it, you had a chance and you missed it. I I agree because like there's also this idea of like we're seeing the parallelism in her taking care of this kid. And it's like what about the kid, the other other kid you left behind, Indy? Um, Just a mention. And to me, it was a thing where I'm like, man, like it's such a shame that like they obviously of their own volition weren't thinking of Kiha Kwan at all. Yeah. Because Antonio Banderas is cool. Love seeing him. There's no reason the friend that he contacts for help getting the boat arranged couldn't have been short round. Yeah. Which would have made just a semblance of sense. I wouldn't have wanted him to get shot. Yeah. I'm sure that if it was short round, they wouldn't have. But like, uh, but but the thing is, like, wouldn't that have made a deeper like and added to what the arc of these like their relationships with protecting kids and yeah. connecting with uh, other people who they've watched struggle is and like. Mm-hmm. They just went for Antonio Banderas, who's great. I love him. He's a great character. He's a great performer. I'm really glad he's there. That's fun. It could have been short round. I actually got yeah. to play a Spaniard for once, even though he's in Greece. Right. Greek re- representation, love it. I'm glad they didn't try to make him a Greek. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are mentioning the action sequences quite a bit. I want to go back there, if that's if um, unless you guys want to talk more about Helena, because I don't really have much more to add than what you guys already said. No, I think we covered her pretty well. Yeah, I'm. I've moved on. I disagree with the action sequences. I actually don't think the two chase sequences are very good. Um, the one through New York and then the one through Tangier. Um, I think they are fine, um, but there is just a way that Mingled shoots them. And look. I'm sorry to do this. Mangold is not Spielberg. I get it. But this is an Indiana Jones film. And there is a visual language to Indiana Jones that I was that sometimes you can see Mangold copying in the action sequences, specifically in the Tangiers chase, which was released as a clip, which is when they they round the corner and then the camera swoops in from the other corner and follows them. But then after that, it's close up, medium shot, close up. Uh, blurry backgrounds on cgi motions and i'm like this is kind of they're fine I, I don't mean to say this is like a they're they're they're, they're terrible i don't think so yeah. i i just they're just weren't as dynamic as i wish they would be no yeah I, I i i like the action scenes but i do agree with you like there's uh i retweeted something that like i've i've never seen this put into words uh, like so perfectly it's like movies used to look more real before technology existed that made things look real. Hmm. Before CGI existed, practical effects, they look good because they're real. Whether it's a monster, whether it's a set, whatever, like, it, that's actually there. So no matter how good your CGI is... Whether they is, went and filmed the thing that's actually put on the green screen yes. and then just put it there. Yeah, whether volume or not, yeah, absolutely. Like, like old school filmmaking will always, always look better than modern filmmaking when you're dealing with big special effects because just computer-generated things just like... And especially this movie, which is like one of the most expensive movies ever made. This should look better. This should just look better, to be honest. And so what's so interesting about this is to call back to another James Mangold film, because I think he's a very diverse filmmaker, honestly. I think Ford v. Ferrari and Logan, very different movies. Um, Night and Day, very funny. Not Pretend the Yuma rules. 
Yeah, three ten to Yuma. Like there, there are he can clearly balance between different genres um, and different tones. And I think here, and and he can film chase sequences dynamically. I think the Ford v Ferrari sequences, the race sequences, are beautiful and filmed very excitingly. And I didn't feel that about these. Sure, uh, which is a bummer because I, you know some of the best action sequences in cinema are Indiana Jones sequences. And I don't think yeah. this continues the legacy. I think of the minecart sequence in temple and I'm oh. like, shit, man, yeah. incredible shit. Uh, miniatures, real people, real sets, all that shit. And then like, again, even though I like these scenes, like there are times where I'm like, yeah, that's definitely green screen. Like I know that. And that's, again, that's like, that's, I wish, like, in, I wish a movie like this could just be a practical movie, but that's not the world we live in. It's not. To throw a positive in there. Just before, before, because like I do think some se- sequences within the chase sequences are fun. Like when Indiana jumps from one track to the next, and the train's right behind him. I think that's very funny. Um, and then there's the uh, there's the how he gets rid of the 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 dude's car when he like driving in uh, thinner and thinner uh, yeah. hallways, mm-hmm. and then the car. I think that's very fun. So there, right, right, right. there are sequences within the chase sequences that I quite like and find very fun. But overall, I just kind of found them fine. Hold my horse. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. Subway's faster. Uh, yeah. The the thing with me with that, first, I had no idea how expensive this movie was to make. Oh, 300 million. I had I had no idea because yeah. it did not look like 300 million. Yeah. It didn't. Yeah. Um so, you know, that does put in a point of perspective. <laughs> I'll grant that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um as far as the chase scenes. And I think here's a reason I enjoy them so much is because to me, after what after what you said, Brandon, to me, yes, they're not as good as the best of Indiana Jones chase scenes. Uh, they're not. I, I don't really I can't really argue that they still feel better than most other chase scenes, mm. at least in anything I've seen recent memory. Sure. So that's why I tried to like, that's why I didn't, that's why I tried to pivot away from comparing these to, to past Indiana Jones chase sequences, right. because that, that's a tough bar, right? This is not yeah, a Spielberg sure. Indiana Jones directed film. It's a tough bar to hit. It's a tough uh, visual language to recreate, uh, evidently. And what we, uh, so I tried to be like, well, go to Mangold's previous film, just the film he did before he filmed this for the Ferrari. Very dynamic chase uh it's not a chase it's a race like not necessarily the same kind of visual language but it's very dynamically filmed which is why i was so surprised going into this one being like oh but i've seen you do better i don't know why you didn't okay i do i do i think they talk talk uh tuk 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 say both the tuk tuk uh race um (laughs) i did I did find the speed to be like I did. It did seem they're going really fast, especially when they're turning corners. Those things are going like, and I'm like, man, it looks like they're going really fast. Uh, So like, I the sense of speed for that chase, I really really liked. Um, Uh, Because we're talking about like just the the production quality, visual look of the film, I do have to admit that I think this is the Disney produced live action movie that has finally broken me. Um, In terms of, uh, I can't, I can't take this look anymore yeah um and it's it's gonna be tough for me when we get around to haunted mansion because i'm certainly gonna see haunted mansion and i'm gonna be like well here we are i think um because just going from the trailers i think it looks it does look a little better no i don't think so i think we're so here's at least the, the colors are different <laughs> they're different because it's dark but it's the yeah same. <laughs> the, the bright blues of the spirits are not as bright as they should be no you're right things like that you're right 
the point being like kind of seeing this and Little Mermaid at the same time and then having recently seen the original trilogy Indiana Jones films. Yeah. Like it's very clear how director of photography and lighting designers and all that for the original trilogy gave it such a look, such a distinct depth of shadow and light. And this looks exactly the same as Little Mermaid in color and Thor Love and Thunder and all of that. And I've kind of accepted that the MCU just kind of looks a certain way, but the rest of Disney live action, it's like they apply what's called a LUT in editing. And what it does is it basically limits how bright your colors can get and how high up your lighting can get and how low it can get. And so it just has to stay in this range. And it's like they put this on every single live action movie they do now. And with this one, I was like, boy, this bums me out. Yeah. Um, Because I feel like that's not Mangold. Um, That's not Mangold's fault. It's not his call. This is a Disney problem. It is a very specific Disney look, but they're all kind of trapped into this visual range of like, we all look like this now. And it sucks to see an Indiana Jones movie put into that. James Gunn just left too. <laughs> the the thing that I, I, I want to uh, bounce off of that, because I agree, Sparks, with that, um, it's, it didn't bother me as much in the daytime sequences, though I did notice it. It is noticeable. It's the nighttime sequences where I think Secret Invasion broke me, if I'm honest, if I'm thinking back on my Secret Invasion review, admitting that like I'm kind of tired of natural lighting being used in nighttime sequences because it's just black on black. It's just dark. Yeah. The nighttime sequences in Indiana Jones, both in the beginning, at the very beginning, and uh, uh, during the... Uh, when the plane with the plane sequence, it, um, no more natural lighting, please. Let's 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 make these let's light our nighttime sequences. Like let's, let's do this like again. Movies again. Yeah, let's look like movies again. Yeah, yeah. Do anybody? <laughs> right. And so, like, let's please can we can we can we get away from this natural lighting for 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 film, especially at nighttime sequences? Because like, you look at like like there, it, there's a choice like nope to look the way it does, and then there's this which is well we didn't put a flood lamp because that's not natural well and it's not just but it's not just that it's this color filtration thing that's definitely happening in post and it's something where like it's it's definitely a studio decision because you're right like things can be filmed differently and they can they can change the lighting and how things would look in filming but there's something definitely happening in post here because this is happening all the time it's literally like you are pasting this type of filter Again, it's like an Instagram filter over all of these studios movies to make them look consistently the same. And I don't get why, because yeah. we're not doing Kingdom Hearts one day. Yeah. So, like, I don't know why they all have to look the Could same. Could you imagine? Some, somewhere, somewhere in some studio executive or, like, you know, assistant or whatever, there is somebody that wrote down that specific color choice as a studio note. And then kept giving the same note over and over again to every single production. So they just made a filter for it. Yeah. It's one of those things where um, the trailer for Haunted Mansion played for this, and it said from the studio that brought you Pride of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. And I sat there after thinking about Dial of Destiny and how it looked, and I'm like, I can't believe that Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl that came out as many years ago that it did is more vibrantly colorful and of a visual dynamic range in line with the Indiana Jones trilogy than this Indiana Jones movie that they made. 
Pirates of the Caribbean, that is another big blockbuster with like pr- like production value, passion, like actual like yep. that's like we, let's go to do that again. Let's do that again. Come on. And obviously Mangold is passionate about doing this type of movie. Look, for better or worse, this is for the most part the movie he wanted to make. Uh, this is yeah. like he, yeah. this is a James Mangold Indiana Jones film through and through. I feel, um, and for better or worse, uh, yeah. it, it, there is definitely a studio interference happening. As Sparks is saying, like when we get to the edit, for these to look uniform, and that's that that's creating an issue because you're you're satur you're saturating your filmmaker's voice, right. Right. And we've seen that we've seen great filmmakers come along and this happened to them, too, in a lot yeah. uh, in all the a lot of other studio productions that they're making. And it's like, why does it keep turning into this? It's just awful. I mean, it makes me so curious about his Star Wars movie, because I wonder if this was again like, all right, you make the Indiana Jones movie that we want and then you can make your Star Wars movie. I hope it's something like that, because if mm-hmm. this is I don't want another potential like James Mangold studio movie. Because uh, like Logan is feels a little different than than this does. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I want to before we go on to the finale of the the film, I kind of want to get uh, Ben in on this and and talk about like you know it's a rather long section of the movie, um, the opening, um, and just mm-hmm. what they did with it. And I was just about to go there. Uh, yeah, I, I I really like it overall. Like we already talked about, like the de aging, and and I agree with what Xander said, which is that it, you know it never really ended up distracting to me, and sometimes it it was damn impressive. Um, and I really, I really like the, the energy of it in terms of like classic Indiana Jones stuff that you're getting, like with the wearing the uniform and they see the the bullet hole, which is how they know that he's sneaking around and all that kind of stuff. I I really like his, uh, dynamics with Toby Jones and some of the train on top of the train stuff and traveling through the cars bits are all really solid. I, I had fun with it. Um, and uh, I, I think it maybe goes a little long, but I do think like it's valuable for um, the relationship uh, of Helena and Indy, like retroactively established via his connection to her father. Like it really does cement that mm-hmm. as, as something solid for this movie to take off from. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. overall, I think this movie is too long. Um, and I think this opening I is agree. also a little too long. Um, but I do agree with Sparks in a lot of places here. I think the opening is a lot of fun. It's very, it does, you know, Mangold said, this is my attempt to make a, a classic Indiana Jones adventure. And I think for the most part, he, he, do, he does. He kind of, yeah. he kind of nails it. I don't think visually it looks as good as it should. Um, and this is just something that I would notice, but it's, it's clear when this is a joke. This is a joke. Um, it's clear that when he's, um, when he's a stuntman because he doesn't run like Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford has a very specific run. Yes. Yes. Um, I definitely know it's from like, that's not Harrison Ford. Do you guys Ford. know who, um, other than like the big stunts, who the body double was for Harrison for most no. of this? It's the guy from Age of Adeline who played the young version oh, of him. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Who oh. got like famous for doing the impressions of him oh, and looking funny. like him. He is the body double anytime it's not a severe stunt. So, yeah, so sometimes physically, it definitely, you can tell it's not him. Uh, but most of the time it works. I will say, for me, uh, his voice never worked. I knew it was an 80-year-old man the entire time. Uh, it, it, it was, wow, you know, and you're, he's supposed to be like in his 40s. So I'm like, okay. Someone, someone definitely put, pointed this out really well. I didn't have a problem with that anymore because I've seen the alternative, and that's AI. That's AI recorded dialogue, and I'm like, you know what? I'm okay. 
I just I, I don't know. I figured they could have done something. I like I thought I thought he was helped out by the fact that Harrison's always been a little gruff. Mm. Um, and it didn't it didn't most of the time really I didn't hear the age. I heard more gruffness sure. in it than you usually would, but I didn't hear it to like the point of this is age. I think an, an amount of that is just kind of knowing that it is. I think there's a right. couple lines specifically, sorry, been real quick, a couple lines that are just a really he sounds like he's eighty. Not every line, some are really, really bad. I would agree. I would I would agree with Ryan. I heard the age. Um honestly it didn't really bother me all that much because um because just I like Brandon, I would rather have the real Harrison Ford talk instead of an AI duplicate. Um I do I will say I'll meet you on the fact that yes, the opening is long, but it's not a boring long. It's not like right. too big. Honestly, this whole opening sequence to me felt like Last Crusade in a way, where it's like you get a younger ver I mean in, in this case concerns how he's eighty the rest of the movie you get a younger version of Indiana Jones I was laughing a whole lot with uh when they bring out the spear of Longinus for a hot second only to realize it's a fake especially since the that was last week's book club. Yeah I was about uh, to bring that up. I thought that was kind of fun. That's kind of a fun <laughs> parallel that just yeah, happened. Yeah. That was I thought that was great. But also just the whole train scene with Indy just going through getting in one mess after another, I thought it was like this is like this is Indiana Jones Murphy's Law, where if something can go happen, will like I love how when the anti-air gun just falls on side and just shoots a bunch of the oh, train that cars. Was that I, was I do, cool. I do like the kind of setup that he's not there looking for not specifically the spear, but like these artifacts in general need to be right. need to not be taken by the Nazis. Yeah, right. but also it turns and, out that most of them were fake anyway. And no, they're all they're all real except for the spear. The spear is fake. Mm. And didn't know that the dial was there mm -hmm. uh, until he has his expert friend find it out. Oh, um, yeah. And I like them kind of like coming towards each other as points on on the map. It, it's true. Like, I think I'm thinking of like the length of the movie. I don't think that this section necessarily need to be cut down. I, I really rather like it. Um, so, oh, go ahead if you want to say more. Uh, Mads Mikkelsen needed more of a clear head injury on his face. For Mads sure. Yes. hit smack in the face with a I thought he was dead <laughs> yeah I, dead. I definitely thought because we were doing time travel stuff that was a match from like the future or something because i i bar i didn't even notice it until like halfway through the movie i was like oh right that dude should be have like half his head removed it's because oh, yeah. he gets he gets smacked there was the the person the person next to me the second time i saw it was was uh because his partner went to the bathroom and came back and he said the dude got hit by the train is alive what what? Yeah. Um, <laughs> he was flying. So um, I think it's very funny that Indiana Jones teams up with Arnim Zola to fight Baron von Strucker. It's true. Yeah, sure. The second I was like, man, that guy just plays every bad German in every movie. The thing is, like, I kept I kept trying to think about like I guess the I guess really the only two things I know this guy from are the Captain from King Kong and Strucker from Age of Ultron. Right. Yeah. I'm sure he's done a bunch of other stuff, but we don't see it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I so yeah, I, I do like I do like the the opening intro. I think it's I think it is fun. I think that it kind of it kind of exemplifies. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, just while we're I, I really wanted to highlight this. Um, when the Paramount logo came up and then went away, I was like, oh, damn, they're not going to do it. Ugh. And then it was the Lucasfilm logo and it turns into a lock. And I was like, very cheeky, very I cheeky. Didn't, I, I didn't want it. <laughs> No, we have, now, wanted, we, now we have an un, now we have four out of five Paramount logos, and the last yeah, one. I'm glad they still did a logo into a thing. Sure, I'm I'm glad they still did a logo into a thing. I wasn't gonna bring this up 
but since you brought it up, um, I'm glad they still did a logo into a, a, a thing into a logo. I think that a logo into a thing, whatever. Um, I think that's that's fun, but this is an association with Paramount Pictures, and Paramount Pictures has their logo just before that, and I'm like, you missed it. You missed your opportunity to do that. I do. I do understand it. I just. I. I also get why they didn't do it. Is is you know paramount has so little to do with this movie i get at this it point. it's it's buying five trades of a comic book and the fifth trade has different lettering where it looks different that's what mm. this is yeah yeah and i'm like just you could have just done the nice thing and just did what everyone else did to make it like cool but like i get it i get it lucas from you got to be special i get it i the, i will use this to kind of bounce into another issue i have which is the pacing of this film because i think the i think the middle especially drags this movie down yeah. and mm. Mangold talked about his influence. Like Spielberg told him, with an Indiana Jones film, always be moving. And you look at the Indiana Jones films; they're all fast-paced adventures, and and under two hours, uh, a little over two hours sometimes, um, but they're around two hours. This one is two and a half, and I think the pacing, I think it slows down too much, um, in quite a few places. And I kind of wish that we had ramped up the pacing a bit more or slowed it down. If you wanted to be a more meditative Indiana Jones, maybe don't go the half measure and just slow it down more. But yeah. I don't know if I would want that, honestly. See, the thing is, is like, I think if we didn't have an almost 30 minute of prologue sequence, this, it wouldn't be a problem, but like, that isn't almost like it's a 25 minute opening sequence. That's, that's like a third of a regular movie almost. You know what I mean? So like, you still have another two hours of movie. So like, I personally don't even think I have a problem with the middle part. If I still, if I didn't have just watched 30 minutes of another movie, basically. So like, I don't, I personally don't have a lot of issues with that, but like just knowing that there was 30 minutes, it's like, it's just a long movie, but I don't think any of it's like, I don't have any pacing issues. It's just a long movie that like, I could have, I didn't. I didn't love the opening as much as you guys, but I liked it. But I'm like, that's a long, that's almost 30 minutes. Y'all. That's crazy. Yeah. I want to also say there's a, there's a line in the middle that I want to just quickly mention that I liked, which is when they're about to dive and they're like, what are and Helena points in the water? And like, what are those sharks? No eels, eels. They look like snakes. And then he just turns around. No, they don't. No, they don't. No, they yeah. don't. <laughs> uh, it's a good bit. It's a really good way to bring the snake thing back and not feel like this is another thing. I think the movie's very good at not, not giving into like nostalgia shit for nostalgia sake. I feel like every, every little nod, every little thing that does come up that is like, you know, recapturing an indie joke or a reference or something like that. It all belongs in this. It wasn't overly. It doesn't doesn't feel like it's just done there to be done there. There's one reference in this movie that I actually really liked to the last crusade, which is when Helena first meets Indy and, and, Indy says, why would you want to chase the thing that drove your father crazy? And Helena says, like, wouldn't you? you? Yeah. And calling back to Last Crusade, where he does he does go after the grail. Like, oh, that's actually a really good callback to that movie. And then the blood of Kali bit is fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ben, Mm -hmm. take us to Syracuse. Time Fissure. Time Fissure. And and, and, and very last, because I didn't mention anything about this mm-hmm. and i wasn't a part at all about this part of the conversation oh. and that's deliberate <laughs> because sure the movie maybe might have been long i would have changed nothing about the opening yeah i wouldn't have shortened it yeah it was my favorite part of the movie oh yeah and really well done and i just i had i have no actual comments about it except hey i really liked that <laughs> yeah so i just I, I'm, I'm gonna close it with that i love it 
So the scene in Syracuse obviously is I want to talk about is the part where Indy is he's shot, he's bleeding out, he looks at Archimedes and he's begging Helena to let him go and just to stay in Syracuse and witness history. The more I reflect on that scene, the more I feel like Indy has become his dad in a weird sense. And I'm trying to find some sort of correlation between his dad in Last Crusade, where you know his dad says, No, let go. Like, let go of the grail. But at the same time, Indy is still like, he has like a moment like where his dad was like, I'm witnessing history. I've studied about this my entire life. And here I am witnessing firsthand. This is the best thing ever. And Helena is kind of like the Indy rules. Like, we got to get, we got to get going. But I just, first, I'm trying to figure out why I, fe- I feel like Indy became his dad for a hot second. And it'd be, and it's a bit of a full circle moment for Indy where, where um, Helena finally punches him out and brings him back to the to to his because, time. Because to be honest with you, Ben, it it's kind of Indy starting to fail the test again, right? Mm-hmm. Helena has to be his dad from the Last Crusade. He's reaching for the Grail when he shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Like he's going to stay in history, and there's no. Nobody needs him in history. In fact, history really needs him to not stay. Yeah. But uh, he's convinced that there's nobody who needs him anymore. In the in, And, like, he doesn't see what change has happened in Helena right now. Yeah. That she needs him. Yeah. Which is the thing that she's struggling to say. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, the main point I'm trying to get at is I absolutely love that scene. I think Harrison is bringing it. I think Helena is, um, Helena is bringing it. Um, I I just like the guy who's playing Archimedes because he's just standing there going, I don't know what's going on here. I'm just meeting these two people from the future. This is pretty cool. But the scene, but the the big emotional beat for Indiana Jones is like, I'm just I'm just done. Where mm-hmm. he just feels like he is done, and Helena is bringing him back. Yeah, there's two things specifically that I want to bring up that you were that you were talking about, which is one is a very good parallel to the beginning when he's teaching, because we see that he still loves teaching, which is really nice. Like he he's excited to talk about this, especially when Helena starts answering his questions back. Like he's just like, right. And how do we know about this? And what do we what do we do here? Like, look at this stuff. I, I wanted to actually reference that later, but like um, you brought it up now. So like I, what I like in the teaching thing is that he isn't. 100% there anymore like he still loves history right but he doesn't have the mojo to connect with the kids anymore like that's part of the point is the kids aren't engaging with him because he's not making it as engaging as as he would back in the day yeah right like he's he's kind of just going through it because he feels like again he's kind of like that's the that's the grander scope of the like putting it with the moon landing thing right like he feels like he has no place in this anymore he's kind of given up but you're right about helena once she starts responding to it 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 brings him back it's it's what starts bringing him back into it he loves history he loves talking about history but he hasn't had anybody like wanting to connect with him and he's kind of shut himself down yeah inside of it he's going through the motions and what i like about that is the parallel when he when we see here's the thing I love the ending, if not for just the fact that it's really wild. And I'm glad they took the swing. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm because like, yeah, OK, he goes to he goes back in time, which for some reason feels like a larger step than anything we've seen here and probably is thematically. But it, it just it, it works for me because I kind of would rather you go for it than not. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I like the I like the moment where he's just kind of like this is the st- this is 
what I am. I am history. I've I learned history. I I teach history. This is me being able to experience history. This is this is where I belong now. And Helena has to tell him like, no, it's not. You you still belong back home. Yeah. Uh, please. So the issues I've had with the movie are in the middle. I the opening of the movie. I really like mm-hmm. the ending of the movie. I really like, yeah, I have almost nothing at the end of the movie where I'm like, Oh, I don't know. Maybe this, maybe that yeah, and, yeah. In, in, in general, I'm like, it's super good. My only issue with the ending is them saying that the dial was always meant to bring them there. Oh no. I so love that. that. No, that's, that's oh no. Right. Right. And the thing is like, here's, here's the, the, the thing. I understand why you love it. And I'm sure you're going to tell me as well. But for me, I loved the idea of Indy being like, you're not accounting for continental drift. You're not accounting for this, this, and this. And have, and there's that moment where the guy's like, no, stop, stop. No, he's yeah. right. Yeah, St- we can't and still go through it. And I'm like, oh, and what a what a great poetic moment it was for them to end up right at that war. Bring it full circle from the beginning where he's teaching about that moment. And it, to me, it just felt really good for for the character. It felt kind of like another indie figuring, putting something together that no one else did. Um, like it, the whole thing made sense to me thematically. Yeah. And to me, regardless of, of what greater arc there may be to it always being meant for him to go there, to me it felt like them trying to give an explanation for coincidence because they think the audience will believe it more than just, oh, they happen to end up right at that moment. So you're, I get what you're saying, especially when you're talking about him figuring out that Archimedes wouldn't have accounted for continental drift and his coordinates. That said, because I kind of, I like that too, and I kind of, and I kind of, I'm kind of with you on that as well. But that said, all the Indiana Jones artifacts have a cost, uh, uh, something that the legends never say. The Holy mm-hmm. Grail grants you uh, grants you immortal, eternal life as long as you stay within the temple. If you leave the temple, you are no longer immortal. Um, the Ark of the Covenant is a powerful artifact that will kill anyone who looks in it. Um, it's not a, it's not a power that can be wheeled. The crystal mm-hmm. skull can grant you any wish, but it will kill you and destroy the city around it. Um, so like including this kind of price within the dial that this legend has sprung up around the dial that it can take you anywhere in time that these they can find you these fissures, but having it be very localized to Archimedes needed help and he thought this would bring it. And that that becomes very Indiana Jones for me. Yeah, he yeah. he said it better than I could have, which is it is essentially totally that fair. it does feel exactly like the 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 part of the Grail. And I don't think that having that reveal of like the dial can only come back here because he was trying to get help undercuts uh, Indy having thought of continental drift right. and making uh, Mads Mikkelsen's character doubt himself. Yeah. Right, and I mean, and that's fair. And again, it's not that I hate that or it's not that i'm like i didn't like it it was just my only sort of like half gripe with that ending yeah because it felt like 
if we're doing the thing where everything has a price, everything has a cost, those reveals were very impactful to their scene. Word. And this reveal felt more like just a quick realization we moved on from right away. Like something we don't linger on, sure, sure. Right. It felt, I think that was maybe my major issue with it, is that it just felt like a thrown-in explanation. Sure. Which in the greater scheme of things totally still fits into what you guys are saying. It still fits into that whole everything as a cost. I'm with you on that. I just, I wish it had been presented in with maybe the same gravitas that those others were. Yeah, sure. I'll, I, I'll tell you the problem I have with the scene, and it's none of that, it has nothing to do with our heroes. It's with our villains. In all the Indiana Jones movies, our villains, almost all of them, they get taken out in explosive, creative ways. And at the end of this movie, they just crash a plane. They just crash a plane. Mm. And then this Mads is just dead on a beach. And then, yeah, he's gross, but like every movie we see the main bad guy like get his due and we just see him crash. I stand by that. I still yeah. think that's fine for Mads because I do like his performance of he just kind of crumbles apart inside the plane yeah. and can't do anything. But I will agree with you about Boyd. Boyd should have gone differently because Boyd, again, it doesn't make sense that he doesn't try to escape the plane. Yeah. That he just stands there shooting a gun out the window makes no sense. Yeah. Remember um, the dude that gets hit, that gets skewered with a spear who's at the window? What a, what great aim just launches yeah, that yeah. dude out of there. Oh, mm -hmm. the super, the biggest dude who's ever been in an Indiana Jones movie uh, just gets like, gets beat by a kid underwater. I'm like, that's, it that's gross. a fun subversion. That felt dark. dark. That, that was a fun. cuffed underwater. Yeah, that's a that fun subversion. That so dark. When it, out of all the deaths that happened, that's the one that hit me the hardest. Yeah, that dude is mm -hmm. slowly suffocating. Yeah, but like, he's also oh a Nazi. So I mean, like, yeah, like, I, I didn't feel as bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just you like, know, the way in which he dies to me was like, oh, holy That's God. a rough way to go. Yeah. Something I thought was funny was when after Harrison Ford gets shot, after Indiana Jones gets shot, they're taking him to the airfield and uh, they take him out of the thing. The two Nazis pick him up and then one person puts his hat on. Yes. And I was like, that's cute. That's well done. Yeah. <laughs> Way to respect the hat, dude. Dude. Mm -hmm. I say, so like uh, before I saw the movie that like, you know, uh, I heard that the ending is divisive. And like, again, I thought it was going to be, we're going to go back in time to old Indiana Jones adventures and we can't like mess with like, you know, like generic thing. But like, this was so much more fun. Mm -hmm. And again, it tied, it tied to, to what was going on at the beginning. It, it's like, Oh, it was always, the time fissure was always going to bring you here no matter what. So like, it, whether you wanted to or not, this was on Archimedes. Like I just wanted help. Thank you for coming dragon. Uh, I think it just really, it is very Indiana Jones. And like this, like, even though it is time travel, is it really any crazier than like a box opening and eating your soul? No. Your soul? No. Like, you know, like an immortal grail? Like all this shit is nonsense, really. I mean, like, it, so like, I, I thought it was fun. It wasn't over the top in the way I thought it was going to be. So like, I was pretty like, like uh, subdued for how wild it is. I think that's also one of the reasons why I like this movie a whole lot is because the Dial of Destiny is just like that famous artifact, like the Ark of the Covenant, the stones and the, the Holy Grail. It's like these these objects that can do amazing things. But like Brand said, they all have a cost. And like um, the Dial is like you always go to the to the Siege of Syracuse and whatever BC to meet Archimedes because he just need the dude just needs help. And to me, I just felt like. I don't know why it felt more at home having an item like this where we get a dash of supernatural, but it's not really supernatural. And also I like how it's not really explained all that much. I really enjoy it. Like 
uh, when I was a kid, I first saw Raiders Lost Ark. I didn't understand why you open the box, you see the dust, and everyone dies if you look at it. Now, as an adult, like it, the dust, you just the, the dust is the tablets. Yeah, like, the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments are just are the, they're they're, they're dust just now. Yeah, but at the same time, when would now I'm watching this as an adult, I'm like. You just don't look at the box. You just don't look at the Ten Commandments. Some things are not meant for human eyes, and some things, like even Indy says in the movie, I have seen some crazy things. I can't understand it all, but I just roll with it. There's something that's interesting about this about this MacGuffin that I that I noticed that I just thought about, which is that it's not Mads always says it's not supernatural, it's mathematics. And the dial doesn't make time fishers, it finds them, which means that time fishers are naturally occurring in our world. They're right. not supernatural. Um, yeah. And this dial can find them. And I, I, that's that's an interesting place to be in when it comes to an Indiana Jones MacGuffin. It's science. Um, it's science. And, and, so, and so in that sense, it's, I guess it is kind of different because it's not like... It, it's in more, more in line with the Crystal Skulls, right? Because the Crystal Skulls are from a real... A real scientific thing, not like yeah, super alien thing. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, just a thought. No, right, yeah, it is different. Yeah. Bouncing off of that, because it's something I've been wanting to get at. A little bit of a of a of a side tangent. They got the dial back with them, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you see so it on the you see it on the nightstand. Right. Is there anything stopping anyone else from using the dial to go back to that same no. point in time? No. No. Like, can you just go back to the siege? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. You will just consistently keep going to back to that point. And then, like, do you see a plane arrive when you do? Like, I don't know. It's just one of those things where, like, everything else felt like, you know, it's like it's its thing. It does its thing. And it's, like, contained in some way. In, in theory, because it paradoxes itself, because that's why we see the propellers and the watch and everything on Archimedes' tomb. Yes. Um, then if anyone else ever did do it, you would have seen them already in the scene, which well, means that fair. they successfully keep the dial from ever, yeah. from ever doing that again. again. Okay, yeah, that's fine. Granted, that's okay. I just, even, I was, it was in my head. We had to workshop it, yeah. And even prior to that, Archimedes... They, they speculate that Archimedes used the dial, but he didn't. He made the dial, then split it in two. He never used it, and therefore nobody used it for two million, for 2,000 years. Yeah. Um, I do want to just highlight some fun things real quick. Uh, the guy who's in the plane that Teddy pilots, who just gets in, pulled it. You took my plane! That and he's just watching, and he's like, what is happening? Helping out the whole time, though. Classic. I kind of pulled into the adventure, like... <laughs> That dude is so funny to me because he just wakes up and he's 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 Italian. and He's so scared. He's like, what are you what are we doing? What's going on? That dude went to bed in his plane and woke up in 214 B.C. Yeah, he woke up in a storm (laughs) that dumped him into 214 B.C. And he's like, oh, craziest snap of his life. And And some kid is just yelling at him in a language he doesn't understand. He's like, I guess we're going there. Got to land to go get my friends. And he's like. (laughs) <laughs> it's very good again um, and then you got Boyd just shooting out the plane yeah. I, I don't know why I don't I get it why. he breaks the front window yeah. and yeah. starts yeah. shooting and I'm like what's going on what are you doing just, Jesus starts you know, shooting at Roman centurions for some reason he's a white American boy who decided he needed to join up with the Nazis he's not exactly meant to be the brightest bulb it's true. so mm-hmm. I'll give him that uh, the one other little fun thing I want to highlight is 
I just really like when they enter the um, cavern. Uh, the this is earlier in the film, and um, they're like, "We need to find where the sound is loudest," and they do the ba 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 ba. Oh yeah. Uh, I just think that's really good. Yeah. I think between the two of them, should have stayed really out of Poland. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a good line. Yeah. I think we're I think we're good to just talk about the ending and wrap this up. Yeah. Um, I'll go and say that um, the way that they did the Marion thing and where doesn't it hurt after saying mm. everything hurts and I understand that in reference to like Mutt being gone and, and like yeah. what they've been through and bring back around all the way to Raiders and their romantic moment in there which was like this promise of their relationship that wasn't fulfilled on in that moment visually on screen because he falls asleep and bring it all the way back to this and close that circle made me cry like a baby. <laughs> it is. It was really nice. It was when when, when Marion when Marion shows up, I was I I, I had to I like stalk myself because I forgot that she was she wasn't confirmed to be in the movie until the poster came out and she, her credits were in the name. Uh, so I like I instinctively knew that she was in it, but I like I wasn't prepared for her to walk through that door. And I was just like, oh, yeah. shit, because like I mentioned it when I talked about Crystal Skull, like, Marion and Indy are an important relationship to me. Like I I really like them together. I like I, their theme song is one of my favorites in the franchise. Um, so to have that be broken up in the beginning was really difficult for me to get over. Yeah. And it still kind of is, I'll be honest, but I'm mm. more on board with it because where, where it ends, because I like that they are back together at the end. I, I, I agree. I, I still like, it still bums me out to see like we open this movie. I'm like, yeah, my kid's dead and then I'm divorced. I'm like, that's a bummer, but it is nice that like through hardship, you can, you can still find love. So like, well, that like, is nice. And like, I like that it's about, you know, it's not just, uh, again, it's not just about getting married. And, like you find the people who you are connected with and the people who you want to be the ones holding your hand when you're reaching the end of your life and yeah. it's, and it's Marion, but it's also, it's, it's Wombat, which is cute, by the way, we, the, the Wombat nickname. Yeah. Um, it's, it's Helena, it's Teddy. It's, it's not Short Round. It's Sala. Maybe it is. Maybe he calls Short Round after this. Who knows? Um, but like, it's, it's, it's these people and they're the people, you know, it's, it's in these little found family. Yeah. And uh, I think that that note, the way they do that, I think the execution of that ending is really, really beautiful. And I will say also that Sala's appearance in this, I told Ryan this made me all the more angry that he's not in place of the dumb piece of Max. crap Max, Max in Max. uh whatever Mac in uh Kingdom of the Crystal Skull because that would have movie would have been ten times better if it had just been solid, not pulling spy trader shit, but yeah. just going on the adventure also. Like that's how he got to America and he's that's like his first adventure right. with Yeah. Uh, Sala, I want to mention that I did mention in the beginning because you brought up Sala that I don't really like how his story has played out. And I stand by that. I I it does not work for me um, the way they the way they decide to play a story out. But I do like his inclusion in the movie, um, and it's nice to see John Reese Davies just in a movie because it's been a while. Yeah. Um, and him returning as Sala is really sweet. I do like their scenes together, especially when he saves Indy, like at the beginning, and he's just like, "I'm sorry, I'm late," and they mm. like run to the yeah. thing. I think he's he's very fun. I I do I do really like him. I also specifically like that we get like a moment that is, you know, him and looking at Karen Allen and Harrison Ford, the three of them all at once. If we, if we could take British a moment. Car. Yeah. If we could take a moment. Um, I mean, I just really don't like Marianne. And I just. <laughs> <laughs> is this a, is this an alternate universe? Thing? Yeah, this is a bit. <laughs> ben, any thoughts on the ending here? Oh, I love it. I, I, to me, it's like 
when Marion walked through the door, I was like, I was hoping it was going to happen. I was like the second when I saw the separation papers and thing, I'm like, she's going to walk through the door at the end of the movie. It's going to pull up my heartstrings. And the second she does. And when they do the whole, like Sparks, you said, the romantic bit from Raiders bring that full circle. I was like, yes, yes. And they have like this sweet, tender moment of two of them just like, like we said, it's a couple who's went through a tremendous, horrible loss, a loss that no parent should ever go through. But during the 1960s, unfortunately, a lot of parents did. And even though these are two fictional characters, they are coming back together and they are trying to build something forward. I mean, true, nothing will ever be the same again. But some things won't change. And like when Indy always grabs his hat, like when he grabbed his hat out of the thing at the very well, before the shot closed in. But I just loved how Helena, Sala and the kids, they just let them have their moment. They're going off They're I just thought to me, this was a great ending i mean i liked crystal skull's ending i will not lie i really enjoyed how crystal skull ended with indian mary and happily ever after taking the hat off shia labeouf's head at the last second but this one just to me felt more i don't want to say complete but it does give me a more complete feeling that indy has lived a full life yeah. indy has lived through the entirety of the up and downs he's been on so many adventures and his last one he finally realized that there is life worth living even after all the trial and tribulations he's been through and being with Marion and just living their life and being there for Helena from here on out, I think is a fantastic ending for this amazing hero. I will say that metatextually, I find it very funny to kill Shia LaBeouf's character. Um, Cause this character, cause he'll never return. He burned his bridge with Spielberg after Crystal Skull. And it's, it, and it, I think it's, I, it's funny to me they didn't just like he's at college yeah. and they're having marital issues it was now he's mm. dead yeah well because it's it's a more important choice you yeah. know we kind of said it before but like yeah. this this means something especially like of this time period it means something to indy and like just putting him like off screen for for xyz reason and like oh they're having marital problems that would have felt unfulfilling to me yeah like the whole marion thing wouldn't have meant anything to me if it was just like yeah they're just not getting along because we just didn't want her in this movie very much yeah you kind of like, need the whole package of it yeah you made it into this whole substance thing yeah. and i will say like I, to me I talked very recently with my good friend Travis about just like talking about this sense of, you know, being a dad and having a kid and this kind of ever present, no matter how small it gets and it will sometimes be very small fear that something will happen to them. And like, who are you after that? And I don't think a lot of movies have done with lead characters, the story that is after the story of losing the kid. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, where it's just kind of like, how do you, how, how do you like everything? Yeah. How do you yeah. do everything? Yeah. How do you do everything else in your life that is not about the kid being gone, but about everything else in your life now? Yeah. Mm -hmm. What that world is like. And like, even to the point of what you're bringing up with The Last of Us, that's there, but like, it is about just kind of doing, getting the kid again. Mm -hmm. And this is not about that. This is about everything else that wasn't that. Right. No, it's about I, learning to love again. Yeah, right. That's, it is. Yes. Yeah. No, I, I really like. I, like I mentioned, I loved the ending. That includes the very final, you know, bit with them, you know, getting together and him waking up and and all of that. And it had this weird, like, sense of comfort for me, mm -hmm. where it was like it's not just them being together, but like 
the whole like where doesn't it hurt thing and you know we touched on it a little bit aside from it kind of you know completing that that journey and that circle it just like i feel like we we don't get a lot of like really tender moments like that Mm -hmm. it just doesn't happen yeah a movie doesn't either allow for it or give the space for that to happen and it, it, it just, it felt so genuine. Especially with our older characters. Yeah, yeah especially with our older characters. And it just, it was so genuine and it was so just like enthralling. You know, I, I, I legit started tearing up there mm-hmm. and it, it was just because I was like, I believe that they want to stay together. Yeah. I believe that they were both grieving and that this is the start of them healing together. And it like, it's it says so much about not just those characters that we've seen for so long, um, but the actors themselves that they're able to, in a moment like that, just physically be able to express all of that, mm-hmm. and that you sit there and you're like, wow, ah, uh, oh, oh. <laughs> Yeah. And it's been it's been four years, so like that feels real. Yeah, it like, does. Yeah. Like we've seen we've yeah. seen their entire life together almost. Like it's crazy. Like I said, I only I only find the the, the death of Shia funny in a metatextual way. Um right. because the the idea of uh killing off clearly the, the Mutt, as I said, will never return. Um now for sure. Um especially because like you know, you look at Shia's career and he had tried to make this comeback with honey boy which admittedly is a good movie yeah. and then he completely tanked it by saying it was completely made up and <laughs> that talking. really hurt his comeback and so you're just kind of like yeah maybe we don't need much yeah um okay shall we thoughts and rate yeah final thoughts and rate um uh, i'll go first. first okay go for it uh, yeah, uh, I I think that overall um, the movie has problems, but I think like where execution will like dip and then rise up and dip in in points of doing the story. I think the story at its core of what it's doing is really unique to this type of icon and hero story, and I I really appreciate it. I think a lot of the energy of it works through most of the time, and I find it. I find it fun and engaging and sad and very, very representative. I think of, of a point in our lives that we don't always see on film very much, but does come for us all. Uh, and I, I really appreciate it for that. And I think I'm only going to appreciate it more, uh, as I age. Sure. Um, but I, I really, I, I think this wasn't a complete fumble of the ball. I think there are things that could have been done better, but, um, and we've gone over a lot of it. Uh, so I'm not going to reiterate all of it here, but I, I just think, um, the, the general thrust of, of telling a story that's about Indy at this point in his life was, was pretty good. And I enjoyed a lot of it and I would give it an eight. Mm-hmm. I, I'm definitely a little hotter on it than, than initially coming out. Uh, but I'm still not in love with it. Uh, I will give it a 7.5. Um, I think there's a lot of good stuff, but, um, you know, I don't, I don't know where I'd cut it, but like, I, this movie is too long for me. Um, but like, I, like, uh, uh, but like, I don't, I would never give up any of the Helena Andy stuff. Cause like, 
we probably won't ever see Helena again either, as much as I would like to. Like, I would, I would totally watch a Helena Teddy show, movie, whatever. But like, uh, I this movie is good enough for me. Like, I would watch it again for for her and India. So I'll give it, a, I'll give it a seven point five. Xander, why don't we finish off your screen? Mm. Mm. Um, the three of you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it is a good movie that unfortunately cannot help but be compared to its predecessors. Mm-hmm. That feels like a modern version or modern attempt at those movies. Be that good or bad. So with all of that, with everything, I think it still is able to stand on its own as a film. Um, everything aside, to, to me, it's a solid seven. Ben? I'd give it an 8.5. I still think that, granted, this movie does have some issues. Maybe on a second viewing, I would find some more of those issues. But as of right now, when I walked out of there, I thought this was a great ending for a hero that I've grew up with, essentially. Uh, maybe not, obviously didn't grow up in theaters, but grew up loving Indiana Jones, wanting to go on adventures. And to me, this was a bit of a return. This film was a bit of a return to form to that adventure. It's like, let's go on a grand adventure. But now there's there's some stakes. There's a little bit more we have to think about. Our heroes aren't as infallible as we think they are. And I still think I think that this is a great movie and a great ending, like a true ending. Because I don't think we're going to get any more Indiana Jones films after this, especially not starring Harrison Ford. But I think with this note to end on, I think it's a great note to end on. Sure. Okay, so it's so Ben, 8.5. Ryan, what were you again? 7.5. 7.5. Uh, Sparks is 8. 8. And Xander is 7. Mm-hmm. Got a, got a full thing here. Yep. Um, I This film does a thing that legacy sequels have to work very hard for me to appreciate because fundamentally I do not like the trope of your hero is in a worse place than when we saw them 15 years ago and we need to build them back up. Mm-hmm. That's Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I often talk about it as a legacy sequel before the rules of a legacy sequel were set down because it does do this. Um, it picks up with Harris. It picks up with Indiana Jones more or less where we left him. Honestly, it's just um, older. he's just a little older and Dial of Destiny does this trope, and I don't think it really, for me, justifies it. Um, looking back on it, as Ben said, you know, this is the Indi- this is the ending to Indiana Jones that he was grateful to have. Looking back on it, I think I already had that with Chris Gull. I think Crystal Skull gave me the only ending I needed in hindsight, yeah. um, and I'm. That's not to say I didn't like this movie. I did. It's fine. But I guess I didn't need it as much as I thought I did. Is yeah. kind of where I'm coming to terms with. Like, maybe as much as I've been looking forward to this movie, as much as I wanted this movie after Crystal Skull, maybe I didn't need it. Um, that said, Harrison Ford is very good. Yeah. And it's very good to see him perform like this in this movie. He's very vulnerable. He's very fun. Uh, he's cle- He clearly cares. And that's really great to see. Yeah. That is um, nice, too, because, like, you know, I haven't seen all of Harrison Ford's, like, recent work. I know he was in Shrinking, but, like, there is a period where he was doing a lot of, like, movies like Firewall. And movies that are, like, 
I'm I need a new pool this weekend. And I'm like, no, Harrison, you're so good. The 80s and 90s, you were like the king of Hollywood. Um, so like he's he still got it. Like he is really, really good. Um, yeah. And he has great chemistry with everyone in this movie. So like I'm glad we got to have at least we have that. Yeah. So I would say that uh, all that said, I would give it a six point five. Yeah. Um, I like it. It's fine. I wish I liked it more. It's too long. That's where I'm in. Yeah. Completely could change next week. Who knows? I hated Fallen Kingdom, and I love that movie now. <laughs> um, all right. Shall we get into our book club? Let's do it. Yeah. Um, I, however, I'm going to dip. He didn't read the book club. That's okay. As okay. A, yeah. Uh, again, a last minute sort of addition here. Uh, thanks for, thanks for being here. Yeah, no, thanks Good for night, having me. This, is, this is a lot of fun. It's been it's it's always great to talk about movies and talk about all the context surrounding them, especially from another universe. Yeah, especially from another especially universe. From another universe. Uh, we have uh, your at hockey in the box tab down there um, at Jack in the Box. Yep. Uh, do you want to elaborate on where they can look for you? Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, so you can find me um, at Jack in the Box. Uh, J A Q U E in the box, uh, primarily, uh, on Twitch, um, soon to be also on kick. Uh, you can probably type that into Google and find me in a couple other places, but I'm not as active. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. Thank you, sir. It was great. Yeah, no, this is always a pleasure. Always glad to be on. Mm -hmm.